depth of cybersecurity. Here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan. Guys, he's still in the audience. He loves you, Randy. Yeah, it's quite the intro. <clears throat> what? Welcome to another week of Security Squawk Podcast. I am your co-host, Mr. Brian Horning, with Mr. Reginald Andre, and Mr. Randy Bryan. How was your Thanksgiving, gentlemen? Welcome, welcome back. Can you recognize me? I'm four pounds uh, bigger now. Yeah, me too, man. I was full for like three days straight. <laughs> <laughs> Andre, you went. You went away, right? Yeah, on a relaxing uh, five-day cruise. Got away the, from text messages. Copious cell. amounts of food on those things. Yes, yes. So we got uh, <clears throat> a lot to talk about today, guys. So we're just going to jump right into it. I mean, the cyber attacks are just insanely crazy out there what's going on and uh we're gonna bring everybody up to date on what's going on and maybe what they should start paying attention to so this doesn't happen to them um but we have cyber criminals that you know are essentially taking having their way with industries across the world um <clears throat> this is starting to impact not just businesses and the people that work work at those businesses but customers um, we have a major mortgage uh, a lender uh, a title company who is are both dealing with cyber attacks. We talked about Mr. Cooper last week, and now we have another one this week with a title company in the in the uh, real estate industry that is causing a lot of people to not uh, be able to close on their homes and things like that, um, which is uh, pretty stressful and and, uh, and frustrating. We also have uh, Google Drive had a little bit of an issue, and we'll get into that and why that's important and some really important things you're going to want to know about these online file storage services that you probably are not aware of or maybe you're making assumptions about that we're going to kind of debunk today on the show and give you the straight up on what you need to know about putting your files in the cloud and storing them and, and making sure that you know you don't lose them. Um, we also have Ardent Hospitals uh, dealing with a ransomware attack that we're going to talk about. Who's the, who is that impacting? Who is Ardent? What hospitals might they own or run? And take a look at what's happening with, with this hospital that, or these hospitals across the country that are, are, are dealing with a ransomware attack. Uh, and then towards the end of the show, we're going we're gonna to dive into some updates on the Move It. Uh, vulnerability, or that they're calling it the move it disaster now. Uh, General Electric and a cyber attack investigation that they're dealing with. And then we talked about Henry Schein a few weeks ago, another healthcare uh, giant. Uh, but there's new information on that attack that we want to share with you uh, on today's show. So that's kind of the rundown of what we're going to try to at least fit into about 30 to 45 minutes today. Um, but let's just jump right into our first segment, which is this Fidelity National Financial uh, Ransomware event that they're dealing with. And it, it's being called a catastrophe at Fidelity National Financial. And this incident has sent shockwaves through the real estate sector, mm -hmm. affecting countless homeowners and buyers. 
Uh, we're we're going to talk about the attack, its implications, and the response from both Fidelity National and the affected party. So what do we know about this attack so far, guys? Uh, you guys have any insight on I know it I know it started last week because I actually did a video on my own YouTube channel about it when it happened. Um, but we're pretty much heading into a week now since since they've been dealing with this issue. Um, and it has basically impacted every single office that they have across the country. Um, thoughts on this? Yeah, what we're hearing is homeowners who have mortgages, prospective buyers. I mean, this this sounds like deja vu. About three weeks ago, we were talking about Mr. Cooper and mm -hmm. how, you know, same thing where people are trying to pay their mortgages, try to close their, their house deals. And this is really affecting the real estate market. They're already struggling with the interest rate and, you know, people lives that are trying to, you know, maybe they're, they have a house and they're trying to sell that house so they can move to another house. And it's super, super being disruptive right now. And imagine, you know, we we literally talked about on our last, I think it was our last show, we talked about with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up, we talked about how we'd probably see some attacks over the holiday. And think about this, the attack hits at Fidelity, it's Tuesday, and probably half their staff is already taken off. You know, they're out like, a lot, of, a lot of people close early. A lot of people take the whole week off. I mean, so the, the timing is awful. And then on top of that, imagine if you're trying to get a house bought during that week, which is already a short week with a limited time window. You're in the middle of trying to get a house uh, purchased, working on something like that. This is really, really a cluster dump. And at the same time, the reason I was shaking my head a second ago it's because it falls right in line with what we see very often where they have a particular timing that they choose on purpose um, to create the most havoc. Because if you can get all the customers upset, all the employees upset, everybody starts barking at the C-level people about this, they're more likely, I think, to pay the ransom. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, you know, I know like, yeah, it's such an emotional, like you kind of, you mentioned it, but I want to touch on it a little bit deeper, but the emotional impact that this has on people who um, are buying and in that, in the middle of that transaction, right? Because everybody goes into a home buying process, you know, with emotion. I mean, I've, I've been in, I've involved and I've seen many real estate transactions over the years and, you know, people typically, unless you're like, an investor, and this is what you do for a living, you're, you're emotionally invested in this transaction. <clears throat> and right now, if you just look at the calendar, anybody who's buying a house, they probably have their eyes set on being in there before Christmas, right? Or before the holidays. And that is in jeopardy now. So it just makes it a million times worse for, for the people who are involved. And here you go with a cyber attack starting to impact the average everyday American. And, you know, that's, you know, we've been doing this show for a long time, guys. And this is kind of like the thing we've been saying for a long time is like, when are people going to start paying attention? Right? Well, when, when the masses are impacted, as long as they can sweep it under the rug, and I'm kind of paraphrasing what we've kind of said over the years here, but until businesses can't get away with sweeping it under the rug, 
um, it, nobody's going to do anything until, like like Rainey rightfully said, you know, these people start making enough noise where it gets the attention of of the decision makers, and then they actually start doing something about it and seeing that investing in something like this really does pay itself in spades should you have to deal with an event. And that's that's the bottom line here. Um, anything particular about this attack that caught your eye, guys, other than the fact that it's going to impact thousands of, of real estate transactions here in the, uh, right now and, then, and probably in the next few weeks? I, I didn't like Loan Care's um, response, their automated message when clients are reaching out. It felt a little tone deaf, a little um, just not something that is appropriate. It said, for those of you impacted by the recent cat catastrophe, we hope you and your family are safe. We are here to help you and your family return to normal. Like that just seemed like a weird response to a client reaching out for help to see like, you know, hey, why can't I do X, Y, Z? You're muted, Randy. It sounds like lawyers were involved on that. It's what it sounds like to me. Kind of like their initial response saying that they had a cybersecurity incident that impacted certain FNF, their, the Fidelity systems. And, you know, that's about as vague as you can get without putting your own butt on the line down the road when you have to respond to uh, lawsuits. They'll come back and say, well, you said it was a blah, blah, blah and a yada, yada. Um, so, yeah. The technical term? Yada, yada? Yeah, it is, man. <laughs> I think it comes from I know, I know or something like that. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's a technical term. <laughs> So Alf V Black Cat has, has claimed uh, responsibility for the Fidelity uh, National Financial, um, which is a Fortune 500 provider of title. So they're a massive company. Um, we're not talking about like your your local, you know, we have, we have quite a few local um, title companies around here in my area. And they're, they're fairly big companies, but they're not this. I mean, this is a massive company. Um, so we'll see what comes out of it. There's still a lot to be learned. Um, not only are they going to get probably more than likely transactional information, financial information of their customers, but they're probably also going to get the same for employees of Fidelity National. And the reason I point that out is because it's such a big company. They have thousands of employees and, you know, that's just thousands of data points that, that can be stolen. Um, <clears throat> The other thing is, is like, wonder who the insurance company is. Feel bad for them. <laughs> um, you know, it, you know, and I, I just look at it, and you know, I'm kind of, you know, go off off the rails here a little bit, but you know, I, I keep reading these articles and seeing them say that insurance is going to pay for it. Well. Is, is, am I, is there something I don't know? Like when are the insurance companies start running out of money? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. Um, I've, I think you just look and see that they're still building new, amazing, huge buildings. I think there's still quite a bit of money in insurance. Um, you know, and part of it, that's kind of a joke, but part of it, that's the whole point of insurance is shared risk. Um, right. Yes. 
they ultimately take on the risk. But really, when you think out about it granularly, the risk is shared among everybody, um, you know, by paying in that that premium. So, you know, it's a good question. Um, some of the some of the people in this industry, like I think Warren Buffett has been saying for insurance companies to get out of cybersecurity. I don't know if he's told them to get back in yet, um, but, you know, that's a very good question for sure. I mean, I just look at like, you look at this, you look at MGM and all these CEOs are like, oh, you know, our insurance is going to cover most of it. Well, like when does the insurance companies run out of money or do you just like get a line of credit or get some other source of funding to cover it and then know you're going to make that up in future premiums? I don't know the business well enough, but it's just weird to me that insurance can afford to take these take blow after blow like this and still remain solvent. Uh, I mean, again, I don't understand the insurance industry, so maybe they're raking in so much money that, you know, my, my perspective is skewed. But that's, you know, to me, at some point, I mean, I just know a lot of businesses that don't have cyber insurance. So where are they making money on this product? And how are they making money on this product? I, mm-hmm. you know, love to love to see a documentary or a deep dive on that from somebody. So <clears throat> moving right along, guys, um, another interesting article to talk about, and this is a uh, Google Drive. And I was we were we were green rooming about this before the show, and I was actually talking to somebody the other day who uses Google Drive, and when I mentioned that Google Drive. Um, is not backed up. They're they're kind of they, they almost like went white and their eyes like lit up, um, and you know that, that's a big deal because I didn't know that this happened when I said this to the person. Um, so I don't know if maybe they noticed something with their Google Drive and and they kind of put two and two together when we were talking. But it says that um, Google Drive users have are reporting that they've lost months of stored data. Um, the cause of the data loss is still under the investigation and the response from Google uh, and broader implications of cloud security is what we're going to jump into right now. So um, what's Google saying about this? Do you guys have any idea? They're not really going into a whole lot of detail at this point. Um, Just talking about that it happened and that I guess the, the bigger, I don't know, the bigger, and you probably are on your way here pretty quick is, you know, people think of Google Drive, well, it's cloud, it doesn't need a backup. And, you know, I've got this saying, all the cloud is, is you took the server out of your own closet, and you moved it into someone else's closet. And everything you needed when you had the server in your closet, if they're not explicitly handling it, when they have it in their closet, you need and Google Drive is not a it's not backed up, quote unquote. I mean, I guess you could use it as a backup. We had a little joke about that in the green room. Um, but at the end of the day, your cloud, whatever it is, your clouds, plural, need to be backed up because sometimes things like this happen. As far as I know, Google Drive or Google just uses a redundant RAID you know, redundant, they use a raid. They have redundancy. That's their backup. You know, they don't really have like, Hey, we've got backup stored off site or anything like that. So you're, you know, this stuff can happen and you can lose all your data. 
Yeah, redundancy is not backup, even though they might have your data somewhere else so they can spin it up in a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. That's not a backup. And right. that's not, and they're clear about that. And I'm going to share something on the screen here in a minute that, that's going to illustrate kind of what's happening here. But um, Google has, you know, their support website and they have like volunteers, sport agents, ridiculous a company as big needs volunteer support agents but mm-hmm. what have you um this is kind of like the other piece of dealing with these companies like google and other 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 companies um you know that's one of the big reasons why when when companies come to us and ask us like brian why do you guys recommend m365 over google drive here's one of the reasons right here if i need to get help i can call somebody at microsoft and get them on the phone and talk to them I can't do that at Google, hmm. right? right? So so it's harder for my team and us to support that product for businesses when you have problems. When you don't have problems, it's a great product. But when mm-hmm. you have problems, it's kind of like doing business with GoDaddy. If you ever dealt with GoDaddy, they're great as long as your web host is working. But as soon as you have problems, you better hope you don't have to deal with their support because it sucks. And it's the same thing with Google. It sucks. Um and the fact that I've even had the red, a Google support volunteer agent, like, what is that? Come on, you're a multi-billion dollar company. You shouldn't be relying on support agents in this day and age. And you should actually pick up the phone and talk to people. That's my opinion. Uh, but apparently this works for them. Um, but he basically just puts an apology that basically saying, we know there's a problem and don't try to fix it yourself. Don't tweak anything. Don't do anything. Don't touch anything we'll get back to you with how we think you should fix it, right? Because I don't use Google Drive myself, but apparently if you have it installed in your computer, there's some people who um, have these files like cached on their local system. Uh-huh. They, yep. they can still get them that way. Um, and they're, so, so you know, it's like shadow IT to the T, right? These users are trying to figure out workarounds and trying to figure out ways to get their data back on their own since Google isn't really providing any answers or, or helping them. So um, I'm going to throw it up on the screen here, uh, but I want to kind of show you, and this is what I'm going to throw up on the screen here is, is basically the shared responsibility matrix that Amazon puts out for AWS. And I would say that Google and Microsoft probably have something similar. I just did a quick search, right? So essentially, here's what you're responsible for, Mr. Customer, and here's what we're responsible for. And they say it in the first box, responsible for security in the cloud. So whatever you put in their environment, you're responsible to make sure that that's secure, not them, right? AWS, responsibility for security of the cloud. That means that they'll put locks on the doors. They're not going to let any Joe Schmo walk into their data centers, right? So they're protecting the servers of the cloud, right? The the Mm -hmm. service. They're not Mm -hmm. letting anybody in the front door to Mm -hmm. get to your data. But anything you put in there, you're responsible for. So that shows you customer data, applications, operating systems, uh, encryption, uh, network traffic, you know, whether something's allowed through or not, that's all on you. Their job is to provide you with computing software, storage software, database software, and networking. 
Um, and then they have regions, availability zones, and edge locations. And that's what Randy was talking about, the, the redundancy part. So if a server goes down in Virginia, they have the ability to spin that server up in another place. And yes, your data might be live there, but you can't go, oh, we had that problem that one time and our server spun up in Colorado and everything was there. And you, you trick yourself into thinking that that's backup and that's not backup. So uh, guarantee you that every cloud provider that you deal with has something like this that tells you, here's what you're responsible for and here's what we're responsible for. And mm -hmm. let's not get these lines <clears throat> crossed or mixed up in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on this, guys? Or did I explain mm -hmm. that well enough? Yeah, you, you explained it perfectly. This is a great thing to pull up because of the of the implications. And, you know, it goes back to that whole thing of all the cloud is, is your server used to be in your closet. Now it's in someone else's closet. And it's very important that businesses understand um, this, this role, uh, the roles that like in the Amazon Web Services, the role that Google plays, the role that Microsoft plays, and then the role that you're supposed to play um, in when you're dealing with the cloud. The cloud is not just like this, you know, what is the word? Panacea, you know, that just fixes all your problems because, oh, yeah, well, now we're in the cloud. I mean, you still have to have you still have to have machines that are secure to attach to the cloud. You you still want to be monitoring what's coming in and out of the cloud, monitoring for activity and malicious track traffic. And the list just goes on and on. I'm just going to throw out the uh, don't get me started. But and you see in that yellow orange area, nowhere does the word backup appear or nope. data backup, right? So they're essentially providing you the road to drive on, and you gotta and you gotta protect the car and everything that goes into it. Um, in in so companies like Google and Dropbox, they don't allow integration of backups. We have actually a customer who wants to keep Dropbox, they're not interested in, you know, Microsoft solution, um, but they want us to be able to back up the data. And I did tons and tons of, of Google searches trying to find a product, but Dropbox and, and specifically for Google as well, they don't allow anything where like with Microsoft, you can then back it up to a third party where these other two companies, they actually close their application so that you can't, you just can't back it up uh, from cloud to cloud. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, there are definitely uh, services that you know won't integrate, like you said. With and so you got to do your due diligence, right? Maybe Dropbox has their own backup that they want you to buy, and that's why they do that, right? It's a way for them to sell more services. Um, I know the product that we recommend at my company for clients to use for the, for these types of things has backup built in. Right. So, you know, we've we evaluated all the products many, many moons ago and we looked at it from a compliance standpoint. And we picked something that already had the backup built in. Right. So if, it, if they tell you, like, we're doing the backups for mm -hmm. you, we're backing up your data. Um, the only thing I would say is make sure you understand the retention. Right. On that, because we know that the service we use has a finite retention period. Right. It's not doesn't 
doesn't you can't go back to a file you created five years ago and expect to get it back um <clears throat> you know but you have to understand the retention period on those services as well because some of them might only be 30 days right so what does that mean to you right if if you create a file 30 days ago and you accidentally delete it and now it's day 35 and you're like oh that file i created is gone but you deleted it 35 days ago you're not getting that file back because it's not going to be in the backup anymore right so you have to understand what your retention period is and understand maybe what you're required by walls regulations compliance to keep data for a certain period of time, right? And losing something after 30 days might not jive with your compliance, your cyber insurance or what have you. So you have to be aware of these things. So um, this, uh, we that comment that we had about uh, one? practicing good hy hygiene, yeah, from yeah. Uh, Hamid. Um, so with that, with that comment, how would that apply towards like your random user that's a, that's a Google Drive user? Because like pretty much everybody that's on Android has Google Drive. Even a lot of iPhone people have have Google Drive. Um, use a Gmail address and all that jazz. Like like what could a, what could your average bloke use? I mean, I know that your your businesses have access to all kinds of backup. Are there backups available for you know for Google Drive? There are backups available for Google Drive. Um, if you want to go kind of like a cloud to cloud backup, there, there are services, you can Google them, they exist. Um, and if you don't want to invest in something like that, you can always make sure that you have a copy stored on, on a local drive on a computer or on a, on a USB device. Um, kind of like back in the day when you used to like, remember they used to say like, back up your data, back up your pictures, you know, and you take one day a month where you, you back up your pictures. You're going to have to do stuff like that. Um, Sure, it's convenient to use these services, but you know they, they come with drawbacks, and that's one of them. Is that you're going to have to either buy a third-party backup solution. Um, now, I don't know if I don't know enough about it to say whether or not you have to have a Google Workspace account to use these services. I don't know if like regular consumer-grade right. Google accounts can have that integration of that backup like workspace and purchasing a workspace license gives you more options uh, and integrations and things like that. So you might have to have a Google workspace account to even do like a cloud to cloud backup. I don't know, but I would assume that that you would have to be at that level. They're not just going to let regular Gmail users um, do something like that. I wouldn't think. Um, I might be wrong. We'll find out. But at the end of the day, the easiest thing to do is make sure you have a local copy somewhere, right? Um, whether that be on your laptop or, or, you know, on your hard drive of your computer or you buy an external hard drive and you know everything that you put in Google Drive, you've also saved a copy uh, locally on your hard drive. Mm -hmm. Good question from Steven as well. We already, we already answered it. I'm just throwing yeah. it out. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, we already answered this directly? I mean, I did when I, when I talked about the redundancy and it not being there in the orange. Um, yeah, I mean, backup is backup. Redundancy is just your data is available somewhere else should primary fail. 
backup is is not that backup is a complete replication of data to be used in the event you need to recover from a disaster um, two totally different methods methodologies technologies and if you're doing backups the right way your chances of recovering from a backup increase versus trying to use something like redundancy Mm -hmm. um, you get hit with a ransomware attack and your server lives in AWS and your server, your data on that server in AWS is encrypted. Well, guess what's going to be encrypted in the redundant version of your server too? the same data, right? It's, you know, so it's not like you can, so you need that backup there, right? The redundant server that gets spun up is also going to be encrypted. It's, it's an exact copy. It's an exact mirror of what's happening at that moment, right? When, you know, they could be running simultaneously and then there's just a failover and the traffic just moves over to one side. Depends on how it's being done. Good. Businesses need to invest in both. Well, businesses invest in redundancy when they buy something like AWS. If you run your own servers, that's a whole separate conversation, mm -hmm. right? But part of the reason, part of the attraction that you invest in AWS as your is because they have that redundancy as part of the service. Um, <clears throat> you know, which in most cases, most businesses, that would be really expensive and hard to achieve at the level that they're doing it. So, all right, guys, moving right along. We're 30 minutes in, uh, halfway through our, our list. Uh, but our health services, wow, this is a huge one. Um, healthcare provider operating 30 hospitals across six U.S. states disclosed uh, earlier this week that its systems were hit by a ransomware attack on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, after the incident, it had to take its entire network <laughs> offline, notify law enforcement, and hire external experts to investigate the attack, its extent, and impact. Uh, they, came, they became aware of an information technology cybersecurity incident, that's long, in the morning of November 23rd, 2023, which has since been determined to be a ransomware attack. As a result, Arden proactively took its network offline, suspending all user access to its information technology applications, including corporate servers, Epic software, which is electronic health records, and internet and clinical programs. Impacted hospitals are currently diverting all patients requiring emergency care to other hospitals in their area. However, they can still provide medical screening and stabilizing care to patients arriving at their emergency rooms. Thoughts here, guys. Another uh, critical infrastructure sector hit again. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about what Biden said. Um, this one is tough. As an IT administrator, man, the last thing you want is you're, you're on Thanksgiving and you get that phone call and 90% of your support staff probably won't answer the phone because they're out with their families and not paying attention to their to their work emails. So I, I felt for this for this IT director for it to happen on Thanksgiving morning. Mm -hmm. So we have yeah, is still determining the full impact of this event, and it's too soon to know how long it will take or what data may be involved in this incident. We're going to find that out probably in the, in the coming weeks once we find out who's behind this. Uh, with a workforce comprising of 23,000 employees, 30 hospitals, uh, 200 care facilities in Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Kansas, New Jersey, and Idaho. They also collaborate with over 1,400 affiliated healthcare providers spanning these six states. So you got basically you got 23,000 
employees plus 1,400 doctor's offices. That's like almost 40,000 people quickly mm -hmm. doing the math that are impacted by this event. And that doesn't mm -hmm. even include patients. These are just people that need to show up to work and do a job. Mm -hmm. And we kind of talked about this before. Why are these bigger, these corporations or hospitals, let's just say, have their network all talking to each other where, you know, amazing. they have, it's yeah, it's freaking amazing. You know, I understand, okay, let's keep the Florida hospitals all on the same network if a patient goes from one county to another. But if you're in this state and the other state yeah. is on the other I coast. Mean, UHS, Universal Healthcare Services, they got hit, I want to say four or five years ago. I mean, if you didn't learn as a, as a hospital operator that operates multiple hospitals, which was what UHS is, you should have learned from that. And they didn't learn. They're going through the same exact thing that UHS went through. Mm -hmm. And it blows my mind that they, that they, that this large of a company got hit in this way. You're right. It should have, it should have stopped somewhere. You, you all, well, I mean, yes, a thousand percent agree, but you also have an incredible pressure from both users and sea level, most likely at some point, there was pressure to just make it all work, you know? And it might've been that they were one hospital system and they bought up other ones and they were forced to make them all talk together and, you know, obviously went a little too far, but this is a, I, I think this is probably out there a lot more than, than we would feel comfortable admitting you know what I mean? Um, it's probably would disturb us. This is probably ubiquitous and almost, I would say, across everywhere, which is what ubiquitous means. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you the fact that companies are not segmenting the way that they should is, is definitely something that's going to be not only exploited in the next from now and until the next five years until people start to get their head around that you can't set up networks like you did in 1995 um, in 2023. Um, you just can't. Um, and the fact that they had to shut down so much blows my mind. I mean, it just tells you that they had no telemetry, no, no idea of like what was touched and what wasn't. And they're now trying to figure that out, which is just going to keep them down longer. That's all. That's all that means. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a few months before things start to come back online. Uh, but I said it before, and I'll say it again: hospitals need to start taking this stuff way more seriously than they do. Um, I know people that work in healthcare facilities who can bring their personal laptops in and connect it to the hospital network, and that should never, ever, ever be happening in today's day and age. Um, and when you hear stories like that from from healthcare workers, that that's what they can do in the hospitals they work at, things like this really don't become a surprise. Mm -hmm. So, any more thoughts on this, guys? Hope we wish the best to Ardent, um, but you know it's going to be a long time before we know anything more, and it's going to be a while before they get back on their feet. Um, so, there's a, a lot of doctors' offices and employees of, of this company that, that are going to be impacted. Somebody's buying a lot of fax machines right now. Oh <laughs> All right, guys. So moving right along, the Move It 
this is now being deemed a disaster. Um, I guess it's a disaster if you don't plug the hole. Um, but if we recall, Move It is a file transfer software um, that just thousands of organizations use. I was astounded by the number of organization, um, organizations that not only use this software, because I've never, I never really heard of it until, um, until this, um, and maybe, maybe I was aware of it. It just never registered. Um, but now I know the name because of this, this event and this vulnerability that existed in this software that cyber criminals were able to take advantage of to the tune of 2,600 organizations impacting an astounding 77 million people whose data was stolen as a result of this software having this vulnerability. Thoughts on this uh, movement disaster, guys, and what's, what's happening uh, today? I mean, all the stuff is going on here. You're um, the company that makes Move It. They're called Progress Software Corporation. Yep. They're under investigation from the U U.S. Securities and Exchange Corporation, the SEC. Um, they're they're also under a, a class action lawsuit. Um, so, who knows what kind of individual lawsuits will come out of this? Um, this is a pretty big deal. And I, you know, we thought we hit the bottom, um, you know, a while back even, but it's just, it's the horrible gift that just keeps giving, you know, I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but it just keeps coming, man. And it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty, obviously it's bad and it just seems to get worse. Yeah, you're right. It, it is going to get worse because there's still vulnerabilities out out there now like that exists now that these cyber criminals haven't taken advantage of yet they just can't get to all of them that's how many that are out there that's that's the craziness and the perspective people need to have their you know, ass is flapping out in the wind and the cyber criminals just haven't had time to come by and <laughs> come on andre back me up here <laughs> I, I would use a different analogy but let's just say um when we do our end of the year top, you know, cyber attacks, they're definitely going to be in the top two. This is going to be number one in terms of how many yeah. people it impacted. Yeah. 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 I mean, you got like everything from financial companies to that transfer financial information to AutoZone uses it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of companies that use this software to move whatever files they need to move over the internet between companies. <clears throat> any any more thoughts on this move it brief before we uh before we move on here no. all right guys we're good we got uh general electric um there's a cyber attack against ge uh and the potential data theft and ge's investigation into the claim so what we have here is we have ge um is being told by cyber criminals that they have been breached. Um, and usually when we see these types of things, like, like when we see a cyber criminal group come out and say, we got you. And the company is like, ah, we're not so sure about that. Typically what we find, and we found this with Boeing, that it's an offshoot or some kind of subsidiary from the main company, maybe a partner, a vendor that they deal with that actually got hit. And in that process, the cyber criminals 
found files that have GE markings, logos, wording, contracts, what have you, all over the network. So they, you know, make the assumption that we've got we got GE. Um, thoughts that this threat actor Intel broker attempted to sell access to General Electric's development and software pipelines for, for $500 on a hacking form. What are your thoughts yeah. on this, guys? I found that weird because nobody would, I mean, for 500 bucks, I, I may even go ahead and see what's going, you know, what's the future. <laughs> so, I, so either they didn't do a good job advertising or describing yeah. what they had, but that just sounds weird that nobody wanted GE's future pipelines in, in development. Yeah, it's, uh, that's my, my first thought was marketing problem when I, when I read that they couldn't sell it for $500, but, but then what the threat actor did was you went back, used that access to get more access to make it more enticing for somebody to buy. And it goes back into the disturbing ball court, if you will, because this is the, the GE has access to government contracts, military contracts. There's a lot of stuff at play here. So I don't know. Doesn't look well, good. In this post, he says that that includes a lot of DARPA related military information files, SQL files, documents, et cetera. Um, this person, the Intel broker, he's well known in the hacking community for successful high profile cyber attacks in the past. So, you know, this person already has a reputation of being able to deliver on what he says he has. Um, it's just, you're right. The number just seems like super low unless it's just not great information or like maybe that SQL database is encrypted and, you know, or something. You just never know, um, why that number is at that number. Um, but you know, it, it is a legit hacker who's hit other companies in the past and successfully sold that information. Um, and, uh, you know, the threat actor in, on the post on the forum, uh, shared screenshots of what they claim is stolen GE data, including a database from GE Avi aviations. And it appears to contain information on military projects. So we'll see where this one ends up. Um, this is, uh, when did this come out? This came out three days ago. So. It's three days old. We don't know a whole lot. We just know this information's out there for sale. I'm sure the feds have already probably bought it um, and are looking into it and trying to figure out. And we'll probably know within the next couple of weeks as to what this actually is and if this is just a big nothing burger or somebody it was managed to get into another defense contractor in two weeks, right? So you have Boeing about two weeks ago, and now you have GE, which is not good. So let's just say someone did buy it for 500. Is it off the market or unless you pay like an exclusive right, you, you, you they can sell it to the second and third person? Yeah, I think that's a number that you want to buy for 500. He's not, they're not going to sell it to one person. <clears throat> okay. You know, you're, they're going to sell it and keep selling it. Right. Okay. Just like, it is like a broker if they had, you know, a, a, a database of 100,000 Usernames and passwords, they're not selling that once. Right. Yeah. So they sell it over and over. And then, who, you know, whoever buys it, they can do whatever they want with it once they have it. All right. So, 
Henry Schein. We talked about these guys earlier. They were here with Ransomware. Uh, I think it was what? Was that August? Or I don't remember. I feel like it was September. I'm going off memory here. Um, but it wasn't too long ago that they got hit with cyber attack. Another uh, healthcare um, hospital and facilities operator, uh, or I'm sorry, dental dental medical supply company. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just announced in the last 24 hours that not they weren't hit once. They were hit twice by Black Cat. Um, they Black Cat Group added Henry Schein to its dark website, saying it breached the company's network and allegedly stole 35 terabytes of, of sensitive data. Uh, <clears throat> according to the cybercrime operation, they re-encrypted the company's devices after negotiations faltered toward the end of October while Henry Schein was on the verge of restoring its systems. Wow. So essentially, this group was restoring its systems. They didn't get the cyber criminals out of the system. <laughs> started restoring their systems, probably to the same systems. This is why you don't restore to the same systems. Lesson number one here. Um, and while they were in negotiations for the ransom, they thought they were being slick and they were restoring their systems and the hacker group was sitting on their network watching this all happen and they said well we're just going to hit them again like they think they're going to use their backups to to get through this and they're not we're just going to hit them again until they figure out so what does you know that's going to make them kind of step back and go all right our recovery you know operations failed because they're still here what do we do Right. And, you know, they're doing now what they should have done from the get, which was buy all new equipment. And we've seen that before where the they were actually watching the team's conversation and watching the emails and just reading all the conversations about what they're doing, you know, the negotiations and things like that. So it's pretty it's sad, but pretty funny. So that's the third time. Right. That they so that was the end of October. So it's. That's the third, that that incident in the end of October is the third time since the middle of October that Black Cat encrypted Henry Shine systems after breaching its network. So, so their statement, this is from the hackers, and this is what we talk about all the time. I think we talked about this uh, on the show last week, where when cyber criminals hack your company's networks, they do it in a way where they where they say like, hey, you suck at security and we broke in and you, we're going to continue to do these things to you until you do the right thing around security. And like we say on this show all the time, like if you get hit, you don't have the telemetry, kind of like what we're seeing uh, with the first hack that we talked about today. Who was that? Let me go back. Fidelity. Right. When you're talking about fidelity. Right. And they don't have a clue as to. So they just shut everything down. They're going to be faced with the same situation where they're going to have to remove every computer, every server, every piece of equipment and replace it with new. And because they didn't do that here at at, at this Henry Shine, because they're not doing security the right way. And what do I mean by that? It means that when a professional tells you. You have to replace everything. You can't use this old stuff anymore. You're going to get hacked again if you do. Well, somebody at Henry Schein said, eh, 
we'll take our chances. And then they did it again, the third time, and said, we'll take our chances. Hmm. So the cyber criminals have put out a message that says, despite ongoing negotiations with Henry's team, we have not received any indication of their willingness to prioritize the security of their clients, partners, and employees, let alone protect their own network. Mm-hmm. As of midnight today, a portion of their internal payroll data and shareholder folders will be published on our collections blog. We will continue to release more data daily. Okay. Um, so interesting uh, thing here. What's up? It, it was Black Cat. Yeah. Um, this So this is Black Cat that's that's in yeah. the very shine. It was Black Cat that also filed the SEC um, uh, last that we that we talked on our show last week. Right. Um, and then also, I remember last. I don't know that I mentioned it, but I remember on last week's show when we were talking about Black Cat, there was one organization that they had hit twice over the course of like eighteen months, or maybe it was two years. It was somebody that had, has actually been hit three times. And it was like Black Cat and then someone else and then Black Cat. I'm just saying that to add on to what you're saying. When when we read that, my thought was they never left. They no. were just in there the whole time, just right. laying low. And then probably, you know, laughing while they're out at the pub, wherever they these guys live, you know, laughing while they're out at the pub saying, can you believe we've been in that company for two years and they still haven't got rid of our little foothold? Um, so anyway, I just say that to say like these, these guys have, have a history of sticking around. I know a lot of them do. So, wow. What a, what a crazy craziness. Yeah. But I mean, I'm good enough with this stuff now to to read between the lines and, and know that that's exactly what's going on. This company keeps trying to put up the same servers and these servers are, are breached. They're infected. God knows how many back doors they've buried in this company some that they're using and some that they're not. So if they're not using them, the chances are you're not going to detect them until they decide to start using them. And it's too right. late at that point. Yep. So you have to wipe everything and, and buy new equipment. And I know that sounds crazy and people are like, no way. Yeah, that's what you have to do, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that's why our the three of us, we have companies that exist because we help companies not have to ever get to that point where they have to go buy all new equipment because they have no idea how somebody got in or if they're still there. Right. There's ways you can prevent this stuff, but after a cyber attack is not one of them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 26% of organizations that suffer, suffer a breach get hit again, as Andre rightfully put in the private chat. So. Yep. And 60% of them go out of business within six months of a breach. Yeah, that's the, the one that's super disturbing. That's a huge motivator for me as well, because I'm very passionate about business and small business and all that jazz and thinking that they could go out of business like there's a 60 percent chance that they will. Um, What most people don't realize, we've talked about this several times, um, but what most people don't realize is that there's we're right now in the first gen of all this stuff. Oh my God. And I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, there's there's not a lot in our culture about I mean, we've been doing this show for three years, right? Yes. And it's kind of like it feels like the first three years of this show, we were just in the womb. 
and right. now we're we're kind of we're kind of coming out, and it, it's like I could remember doing this show with you guys in the and being in the green room, and like we would struggle to put together a show. We don't. That's not a thing anymore. No, we had like, this one in like five minutes. You you we can put together a show so quick now because there's so many damn cyber attacks, and and that's what scares me is going into 2024, like this stuff is only going to get a million times worse. And that's, no. that's the reality. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's good for us because it's content and business, but I really feel bad for businesses because they're so far behind, you know, and they're so far behind on where they need to be with this stuff. And, you know, it, it's going to be a rude awakening for a lot of businesses in the next three to five years. So hopefully you're making good profit and you can afford to do this stuff. Cause if you're not, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Well, the reality is even businesses that are making good profit are still, so many of them are living basically paycheck to paycheck by and, choice. Yeah. And they don't have, they don't have the margin to, you know, not be able to collect money from, from customers to not be able to pay vendors to, handle the, you know, the drop in morale, because as soon as you get hacked, I guarantee you 10% of your people are going to quit just like that. They're looking for a reason already. And they're like, whoa, they see the writing on the wall. And they're like, I'm out of here. You know, they, they don't just they don't know all that. And they don't have the, the businesses don't have the margin to go through all that. Even if they're profitable, they don't have the, a lot of times the margin for that. So it's a it can potentially be a real disaster. Well, we'll give you a front row seat. That's for sure. So keep uh, keep tuning in. And remember, we didn't do our spiel at the beginning. Share the show. Like the show wherever you're seeing this. If you're on YouTube, hit a like. Uh, subscribe to our channel. Uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, if you could rate us on your podcasting uh, platform, give us a five-star review. It lets other people know why this is a worthwhile podcast to listen to. And if you also, if you see us on Facebook or LinkedIn, share us out to your, to your feed. It helps other people see this stuff. And those are ways that you help us. And we continue to bring this sh show to you ad-free and annoyance-free. So anything else you guys want to add or are we good to uh, end the stream? We're okay. good. All right. We'll see everyone next week. Stay safe out there. And remember, you can always drop a comment in the middle of the week and we have people that watch and, and let us know and we'll, uh, we'll answer it. Take care, everyone. See you in the next episode. Bye everybody. Bye.